Coming up on Podcast 1935, BMW goes next, GM delays the Silverado EV, and Kempower's megawatt charging. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Welcome to a new Patreon producer, Banks Edwards. Thank you very much to every producer, every exec producer, every company individual that supports at a higher level. Couldn't do this without you. You pay my bills, you get the show on the air, and you make this free for everyone who listens to the ad-supported version on their podcast feed. You get an ad-free podcast feed on your Patreon dashboard. Be like those people by going to patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information. For Wednesday, 18th of October, I'm Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. BMW is the next big name to fall and go NACS. They all will, really. It's just Volkswagen and Stellantis are the kind of next holdouts. But they will go NACS, the Tesla plug, in North America. They'll incorporate Tesla's charging port and the NACS standard for their electric models in the US and Canada from 2025 onwards. All new vehicles. I hate, I say all new vehicles. Let me just clarify. Starting early 2025, BMW Mini and Rolls-Royce will, if you buy a new model there, will not have a CCS1 charge port, but the Tesla charge port as well. Currently, BMW have a pretty handy offering in the US, the i4, i7, iX. You don't get the iX1 or the iX3, do you? That's a shame. Surely those vehicles would sell in the US. The i5 is coming before the end of the year. Next year, there's the new Mini Cooper and the Countryman EVs, and that's a 2025 model year, so end of next year. Additionally, the Rolls-Royce Spectre, the all-electric coupe, makes its debut this year. The three brands under BMW will use NAX as their default charging technology from 2025. In tandem, with that development, BMW also highlighted their current pledge with the six other car makers that will do their own charging network and have two plugs on each charger. There'll be a CCS and a NAX plug, and that will support 800-volt architectures and the NAX V4 standard as well. So the reason I hesitate from the beginning of the story is because the language is unclear, and I can't clarify with BMW or an article that says it definitively either way. If you buy a BMW Group vehicle from 2025, will they put the next plug on the side of you know existing i4s, for instance, or are they waiting for those models to be refreshed and for the new ones to come out? I think it reads like there'll be a point in time where they make a changeover, and if you just buy a BMW Group car from the first of Jan 25 or you know an arbitrary date, it has you know, even if the i4's been on sale for three or four years, it comes with a Tesla plug. That's how it reads, but there is a bits of confusion out there. I'll clarify. GM is next. Talking about confusion. Boy, oh boy, this next story confused uh, everybody. Um, GM is delaying its Silverado EV factory. They're not delaying the Silverado EV. General Motors is deferring their second production factory for electric pickups. The work truck is currently being manufactured. And you wouldn't know it because you don't drive around and see Silverado EVs everywhere. But they are currently making the work truck Silverado at their factory zero. That's the Detroit Hamtramck assembly. Now, GMC's Sierra EV will commence production at factory zero sometime next year. The retail variants of Silverado will commence production at factory zero by the end of this year. The story here is that GM were going to kickstart manufacturing of those electric pickups also 
another Michigan-based facility, the Orion Assembly Plant, north of Detroit. That is the current production site of the Bolt and the EUV. They end production at the end of this year. Orion was then going to be retooled over the course of next year, and they were also going to make the Silverado. But they said that because of a change in things like supply chain management, they denied it's anything to do with the dispute with the workers' union, that they were going to push back Silverado production by a year at that second factory. So yes, it's obviously going to have a big impact on Silverado numbers, but it doesn't mean that the Silverado itself will not be available anywhere. It will just be available in fewer numbers. Ultium Cells, the collaboration between LG and GM, operates one facility in Lordstown, Ohio. Two more locations are coming in Spring Hill, Tennessee and Lansing, Michigan. Between December 21 and now, GM delivered a total of 2,071 Hummers. That's not a lot. So they're having trouble ramping, but it's only because all of their uh, batteries haven't come online yet. By the end of 2025, so yes, we're looking at two years' time, remember that Ford will be at the end of the F-150 Lightning Gen 1, Gen 1 if you like, and have their next-gen electric pickup in 2025. Currently, I think we're calling it Project... T3, or they call it Project T3. New facility in Tennessee. Ford are raising the game. Ford seem to have a grip on their supply chains and at least their batteries. And, and you know, supply and demand is a moving target at the minute. They've, as I told you about yesterday, got rid of a, an F-150 lightning shift, the overnight shift, I think it was, or at least it's one of the three shifts. And so, but with this, the Silverado will definitely be on the market in fewer numbers because of this announcement. It doesn't mean Silverado is completely being canned. You've got to say, at the minute, GM does feel behind Ford, even with all those Ultium announcements I told you about. Actually, I think significantly behind Ford. Sorry to anyone who listens to this podcast at GM. It, it, my impression, if I got that wrong, correct me. Hey, if you like the podcast ad-free, a reminder, you can sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Uh, it's how the fans and the businesses who listen to the show fund this podcast and pay my wages, and you get your podcast ad-free as well. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Nissan Leaf. Securing half of the federal tax credit for next year. The 2024 Leaf gets a $3,750 federal tax credit. That's 50% of the maximum 7500 It can be used on the 24 Leaf models and put into use. The Leaf's eligibility was under scrutiny for some time because of the battery supply, mineral supply rules of the IRA. Nissan clarified that the Leaf's qualification for half the grant is because the battery content applies given that both the car and the battery pack are manufactured in Tennessee. Why didn't the LEAF get the full $7,500 federal tax credit? And what's interesting is there's no change that I can find out. And again, I've not got deep connections within Nissan, but I can't find any change from the 2023 to the 2024 model year Nissan LEAF battery supply, battery chemistry. So if the 24 model year gets half the federal tax credit, why doesn't the current one get the federal tax credit? I don't know. Anyway, next year, the LEAF price tag goes up by $340. It's still $29,235. If you don't need to do multiple long journeys, Chatamo's not going anywhere, by the way. Chatamo plugs are everywhere. And yes, you'll be buying a car that isn't the future, which is the Tesla connector. But if you don't need to worry about rapid gating, 
and you can get a deal. I like the Leaf. If you charge at home, I like the Leaf. And you can even charge on CCS. Now, there might only be one CCS connector at a charging hub or a station, and that might be in use, so you may be waiting. It will do long journeys, but, you know, it will rapid gate and get hot and overheat. But still, the Leaf is compelling for the price point it's at in the US right now. Saying that, if the US had the vehicles that we have, the cheap Stellantis cars, the Vauxhalls, the you know the Opals, the MGs, the Chinese ones, the MG4, I wouldn't recommend it because for 25 grand, you get an MG and that's fantastic. And that's got the right plug socket on the side. Okay, let's move on. Kempower is innovating with their megawatt charging products. I find this interesting because megawatt charging, you might be surprised to hear, is not actually a thing. Now, the system combines two of their 600 kilowatt power supply units for a cumulative output of 1.2 megawatts to maintain a reasonably compact setup at parking spaces. It's housed in the power supply units, which is never next to the actual dispensers. It's always a little bit further away in the cabinets. The conventional setup um, would see two two 600 kilowatt units catering to multiple high-power chargers for normal cars, but their megawatt charging approach for trucks and heavy-duty vehicles merges them together for one single vehicle to take the juice, to take all the juice, gobble, gobble. Despite anticipation for megawatt charging, uh, it's worth saying, as I just alluded to, it's not actually a standard, you know. So Charin have put it forward. Charin have proposed it. That's the group of companies and those that get together to move the CCS standard forward. It hasn't been ratified. It hasn't been standardised. I, I don't know how long it will take. I know that standardization of anything takes a long time, and that's why Tesla don't operate within. They're, they're part of Charin, but in terms of their own plug, they're not going to you know UL or whatever and getting their Tesla plug certified. They're like, well, it's fine. It's safe. It's ours. Let's move. What are you doing in the next five minutes? Get it done. So that's actually a bit of a punt that Kempower are taking because megawatt charging, still not finalised. Come on, Charin, get that done. We all need to move forward. Trucks like the Mercedes-Benz E-Actros 600, like I told you about it recently, it'll do megawatt charging. They can't put the plug on the side of it when they sell it because it's not a ratified standard. It could change at the last minute. So if you buy one of those trucks, they said that they will retrofit it once they decide what MCS will be right coming up. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Citroën and Tesla's Travis County economy uh, being boosted, uh, boosted even. Uh, and if you want to get your podcast ad-free, check out the Patreon page. Uh, individuals and companies can support the show. And you get your ad-free feed, one of the many benefits. Little bonuses and perks. Stick around back in a sec. Okay, let's talk BYD Seal. This is the Model 3 competitor. Dimensions-wise, pretty much the same as the Model 3. So, they're introducing it to Australia, and it's 49000 Aussie dollars. That is 12000 less than a Model 3 for the equivalent spec. The BYD seal orders have now commenced. That's about 30000 actually, it's 32000 US dollars equivalent, excluding any delivery and on the road. Model 3, like I say, starts at 62 in Australia. Seal's offerings, it's very much a Model 3 competitor, by the way. So it's got rear-wheel drive, Long long range and performance versions, you know, all wheel drive, etc. Uh, the dynamic version, which is rear wheel drive, 150 kilowatt motor, 61.4 kilowatt hour blade battery. So very safe, great technology, and that'll deliver 
286 miles or 460 kilometers on WLTP. Depending on the region's that you buy it, the state or territory, on-road pricing will be low 50s. Charging the BYD seal is efficient, 150 kilowatt DC fast charging. They give the 30 to 80%, which is stupid. Please don't do that, car makers. Give us 10 to 80, because most people will feel comfortable pulling into a DC fast charger at 10% state of charge, some less, some more. 10 to 80 is fine. If you give us 20 to 80, you're trying to fudge it. If you give us 30 to 80, we know there's something broken with your charging curve and you're hiding the truth. So anyway, BYD, you say 30 to 80% in 25 minutes, 26 minutes. Just give us 10 to 80. Everyone, please, all car makers, give us 10% to 80% charge time if the battery is nice and toasty or preconditioned. Every seal comes with a 15.6-inch infotainment, a 10.25-inch display, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, which Tesla won't do, dual phone chargers, panoramic glass, sunroof. On the premium version, you get the frequency-selected damping shock absorbers, the intelligent torque adaption control. And you can order it now in Australia, first round of deliveries before Christmas this year. It really, the interior quality of materials as well, the leather seats look like, well, I just want to sit in them all day long like an armchair. Whereas I think some Tesla fans try and tell me it's a premium, like Tesla's a premium. They're not. They're amazing. Tesla's engineering, software, it's all crazy good. When you sit inside a Tesla, if you've spent 50 grand, you you know, you've got to reconcile, well, I don't don't feel like a 50 grand car. Or it might do. I, I, I might be wrong. You might love it. The seal actually feels like. It's a bit of a premium vehicle, and so the material quality is good. In, there's even a place to store your karaoke microphone, which is probably more important for the Chinese market. But that's aggressive. And they've got to be aggressive because it's not Tesla. And, you know, what are you going to buy, a BYD or a Tesla? Most people will go, well, I've heard of Tesla. So even though BYD are bigger. There you go. Right, let's talk about Citroën's EC3. I was so excited by this vehicle. We're ridiculously excited because it's going to be small and aimed at European cities. And €23,000 made in Slovakia. The EC3 arrives in Q2 next year. The C3... You've seen the Citroen C3, right? Uh, there's loads of them flying around on, I'll, I'll dig out the numbers, um, on European city streets. The advertised price doesn't factor in potential state subsidies of €5,000. The average price for a European city car, electric city car, is around €30,000 at the moment. Stellantis will use their so-called smart car platform from India, not their other four EV platforms that we talk about from the Stellantis group. That is to save money. 199 miles of range. That's fine. My first Renault Zoe with the baby battery, the 22 kilowatt hour battery, that had like 100 miles of range. And good luck when it's cold. So 200 miles of range, that's 320 kilometers. LFP batteries sourced from China. They don't say from whom. I'll try and dig that out. It's interesting to know. 90% of the components are from cost-effective countries. The battery tech is cost-effective, and with various incentives, this will be a €23,000 vehicle. But it gets better. They're also going to introduce a base model, which will be less than €20,000. Still a lot of money for a small car. But that could well qualify for France's social leasing programme, which is €100 a month. It doesn't have a big infotainment screen because all their research showed the younger buyers or the buyers of that vehicle 
are always going to use their phone. They're going to have their Android or their Apple device, and they are going to plug it in, firstly to charge the thing, but also to use Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So they have foregone the big infotainment screen and just assume that everyone will plug their, their, their phone in. I don't mind that. Honestly, I don't mind that because my phone software is infinitely better than outdated automotive companies software last year the citroen c3 dominated the european car market over 10 is 11 percent of the european market last year they've sold over 5.6 million of them and it's going electric man more excited about this than i probably should be but how cool is this we want small you know affordable city cars the, the names that people know and love that like maybe they've had a c3 before and they'll get the electric version because they need to do 20 miles a day i won't even do 20 miles this week probably because i've got no travel booked and so wow hey final story i'll bring you and that is tesla's gigafactory in um travis county commissioners have talked about the economic contribution to giga texas and specifically the contribution to central texas since opening their austin factory uh year before last when did that open and uh i forget now brain fried but uh, the the texas giga factory has facilitated over fifteen thousand jobs in travis county those directly employed there and the extended supply network fifteen thousand new jobs created on average, within Giga Texas, the average salary inside it is $74,000 if you're a Tesla employee. Now, the unions keep telling us that Tesla employees are paid a lot less than Tesla, you know, union workers and that Tesla should unionize. Hey, and I'm a union guy. But that seems like a pretty good average salary to its 10,000 employees inside Giga Texas. And yes, they're burning through capex cash at the moment and this particular quarter just gone has been a huge investment in uh, cap- capital expenditure and you know the the r&d costs on their their future bets must be huge i will find out more with a tesla earnings call which is later today and i'll bring you that on the thursday podcast but it's just a, a huge benefit to any local economy when these big EV factories are opening. This, this site is huge. They like to point out uh, it's the second largest factory structure uh, globally making those kind of things. And the Gigafactory in southeast Travis County is the production site for the Cybertruck. Uh, we are waiting for that on November 30th, I think. I'll do, I'll do a proper announcement on tomorrow's podcast. But yes, I just saw it on Tesla's socials. Uh, on the Cybertruck account on x which is november 30th cybertruck handover event very cool that's your podcast for today thanks to our premium partners who get a daily mention maybe you'd like your business to get a daily mention sign up at that level that is porsche of the village in cincinnati audi of cincinnati east volvo cars of cincinnati east national car charging on the u.s mainland and aloha charge in hawaii Derek riley from nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.